0: If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. Become Marie's friend on Facebook or follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's new website, it has a whole new look and added features like Chakra of the Month and a live Twitter feed. Sign up for Marie's free newsletter. Each quarter, she writes an in depth article in response to Dear Marie questions. Email Marie if you'd like your question to be answered in an upcoming edition. For more information, visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, or call 425-825-5671.
1: Are you new to the fields of energy medicine, Reiki, or subtle energy therapies? Are you looking for a mentor or for insight and guidance into your health or destiny, or for connecting with a loved one on the other side? Travis Taylor is described by other healers as a soul whisperer who nourishes the spirit and enlightens the being. As an empath, energy intuitive, and clairvoyant medium, he offers individual sessions, classes, workshops, and mentoring programs that will improve your health and well-being, expand your consciousness, and cultivate your soul. For more information about Travis, And his upcoming events, please visit empathichealing.com. That's empathichealing.com. Be well. Welcome to the Marie Manu
2: Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience. I began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. And welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. You can also find us on the web at energyintuitive.com. And Eric, how else can people find us on the web to listen to the show live?
0: If they want to stream live, they can just go to 1150kknw.com and click on the Listen Live button.
2: Oh, lovely. That's wonderful. Well, it is Thursday. So on Thursdays, I get the pleasure of interviewing people who I believe stand on the edge of thought, who work diligently to help the human race evolve, heal, and also try to put some fun in it. Because I think that's a big part of it, especially when you work in the healing industry. As a practitioner, if you're not having fun, Just like anything else, if it's a job and you're not having a good time, it can be a real drag. So, of course, I love interviewing people who um, are aligned to their life path, enjoy, of course, helping with the evolution of humanity, and... You know, at the end of the day, they're so psyched and rejuvenated because they had a blast. Even if maybe it wouldn't have sounded like a lot of fun to you, it certainly would have been to the practitioner. So today, I'm interviewing again. I think this is our fourth time together on the radio, could be five. Dr. Alan Geddes, who's the author of The Happiness Solution, and it's all part of the dance. He lives in on the East Coast, New Jersey. Is that correct, Dr. Geddes? That is lovely. And so, you know, years ago, you thought there was something missing, although you had degrees from four different universities and was schooled in psychodynamic, supportive, and cognitive behavioral therapy, there seemed to be a very, a key ingredient that was lacking in your therapeutic approach to helping others heal and thrive. That was in 1969, when your search for the missing ingredient led you to studies of world cultures in general, and Zen in particular. As the years passed and you became steeped in stories and Zen wisdom... Um, you knew you had uncovered an important method of helping people to get unstuck and feel happier, and you believe wholeheartedly in the power of stories, which is one of the things I love about your books. In fact, Alyssa and I, before we came into the the booths um, in the studio, we were looking, uh, we were reading a story about you and some friends um, celebrating. You uh, all rented a house. This was years and years ago,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you were partying and having fun with some sort of, sort of celebration. So I love how you bring your life stories even to your books. And that makes him fascinating. Um, Dr. Geddes spent two years as a Vietnam-era Army psychologist in the late 1960s and the 1970s. He worked for seven years at a large mental health center as the chief psychologist. He's a clinical psychologist with degrees from Central Michigan University, Utah State University, and Columbia University of Physicians and Surgeons. He's been in private practice since 1974. So welcome again to the show.
4: And thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I always look forward to uh,
2: your show. Yeah, it's really fun. And I'm so glad we're Facebook friends. I get to look at your day, because you usually put something fun every morning up on Facebook. And and I love uh, interacting with you that way. It's really lovely. So I thought part of today could be talking about relationships. You know, I'm kind of a holiday junkie. I really do love the holidays. Halloween is my absolute favorite. But Valentine's Day is around the corner. And um, so I thought in, in... In lieu of that, maybe we would talk about relationships, because that's kind of a tricky subject,
4: do you think? Very tricky. Mm. Very tricky, yeah. Uh, Well, you know I like to tell stories. Yeah. And in 1966, I saw a young woman walking on campus, and I didn't know her. And I asked somebody if they knew her name, and they told me her name. I looked it up in the directory, uh, and I called her. And my first words to her were, You don't know me, but. And I tried to explain to her where she might have seen me and so on. And anyhow, after much uh, hesitation, she agreed to meet me. And um, she became my wife a few years later. And now we are married at this Valentine's Day. We'll be married uh, 42 years.
2: Oh, my gosh. you got married on Valentine's Day? No.
4: I, I actually, after I said that, I realized that was bleeding. <laughs> but uh, on Valentine's Day, anyhow, uh, we, we will be married that long. But wow. that's not our anniversary date.
3: Wow. So,
4: you know, I, I think uh, up and down for 42 years, you get a sense of what relationships are about. And, um, you know, I think in many instances, we maybe expect... Too much, we might expect that things are always going to be smooth, that there's always going to be that same kind of early chemistry, and you know that there's never going to be disagreements, and really, a lot of times the relationship really begins to deepen when there's disappointment, wow, and when there are challenges
2: wow yeah. so so you think you know the the strifes well, here's what I've noticed from my my, my three dearest friends have all partnered, I would say in the last Um, maybe, well, marriage and all of that for some of them in the last five years, my three (laughs) dearest friends. And, and, uh, and what I found fascinating is the things that they thought were going to like ruin the the relationship or create like these major hurdle that they were going to never get over. It did exactly what you just said. It actually deepened their bond. And, and I, one of the reasons why I believe they're with really good partners for them is because their relationship improved even after what they thought was something that was going to just like, you know, take it into the toilet, so to speak.
4: Sure. you know there's that old uh, adage about what won't what doesn't kill you makes you stronger mm. and I, I think you know in a, in a relationship when you go through challenges and you find ways to continue to communicate with, with each other in in ways that help you through the crises and the challenge
3: mm. and you
4: you find uh, a way to continue to respect each other. I think respect is really crucial
3: mm. in
4: relationships. Mm. Uh, you know, I think you do come out in a, in a place many times in which your bonds strengthen.
2: Mm. So, so do you have like a recipe or a tool? to? It is, I've been around a lot of people, and maybe it, it was because that was the beginning of the end of their relationship, where yeah. it was hard to feel the respect in the room.
4: It's very hard, yes.
2: So do you have a tool that helps people, if indeed they're meant to stay together, if they're in relationship, to cultivate some sort of respect?
4: Well, I, I think uh, there are things to do, you know, to work on. Uh, a lot of times our disappointments in relationships have more to do with ourselves mm. than they do with the other person.
3: Mm. You
4: know, so, I mean, I, I think for me, a, a big thing would be to be less reactive and to try to tune in more and to realize you know, what it, would it be like to be in the other person's shoes,
3: mm-hmm. where
4: are they coming from, why do they have the perspective that they do, rather than to just blindly defend uh, a certain position.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, so I, I think tuning in, because a lot of times when things you know, get tough, we like to fight or run away. The typical response is stress, fight or flight. So I think if we can bypass those, and instead of running away, if we can really try to tune in and stay involved, and instead of getting defensive and fighting it out, if we can try to get a bigger picture of what's going on here, you know, it's usually more than the immediate argument. So uh, you might be fighting over something that, that really doesn't have an awful lot to do with the overall picture So I think trying to get a bigger picture is very important Mm -hmm. and uh, not saying everything that you think. You know, for a while, (laughs) yeah, in psychology, there was a big value on being spontaneous and letting it all hang out, you know, and saying everything that came to mind. I think that's... (laughs) That really doesn't work very well.
2: Well, you know, you write about that in It's All Part of the Dance, which I love your books. And what some of our listening audience may not know is that your family uh, helps you to design the cover of these books.
4: Yes. My son and my daughter, they are twins. They're both 31 now. Uh, They are very talented, very artistic. I'm not sure where they got it from. (laughs) Obviously,
2: Dad. Yeah, Dad, for sure.
4: I guess in some strange way yeah, but they are very, very good, and uh, in many different ways when it comes to working on a book and the design and cover and editing they're they're very talented.
2: They are so talented, they're beautiful. so in it's all part of the dance on page eighty five you talk about well, it's literally titled this chapter just Shut Up." And it talks about how we overthink and we overanalyze and, and how, yes, that was a big approach to therapy in the past. And and so you're saying even relationships, sometimes it's better just to be quiet.
4: Yeah. You know why? Because a lot of times when you think about it, it's the second sentence that starts the argument. You know, anybody can say anything to anybody, mm-hmm. but there's not an argument yet, really. So mm. it's that second sentence. It's the reaction. <laughs> That's what really is going to get it in motion one way or another. Uh So if you uh, are less reactive and you could just digest this and, as I say, take a step back, Mm -hmm. try to get a different perspective on the situation, and maybe then in that pause you're able to think about your options on what you need to express and how you want to do that rather than just being combative and reactive. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's why, you know, in that pause where we're a little bit silent and we can rethink things through and choose our response rather than automatically respond, uh, I I think that's a, a good beginning if we can cultivate the ability to do that.
2: You also write in that particular chapter that the more you overthink, the less happy you'll probably be.
4: You know why we are geniuses at creating uh, worries for ourselves, of painting ourselves into corners, you know, of making straight lines crooked? We are absolutely brilliant when it comes to doing that. Mm. So when we overthink, we're usually uh, thinking too much about all possible things that could happen that could go wrong. You know, yeah.
2: No, I've never done that ever in my life. No, I'm never. just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> never. Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: You know, we are so good at that. And very rarely do we think about all the things that could go right or are going right. So overanalyzing and overthinking typically uh, doesn't take us to a great spot.
2: Hmm. Hmm. And so even in relationship, if you're overthinking the thing that's drove you crazy that your mate just did. Yeah. You know that, and then of of course being quiet about it, putting your your feet in their shoes for a temporary period of time <laughs> to see kind of yes. where they're coming from.
4: Yeah, and then you know to communicate, you know mm-hmm. to, to communicate in such a way that you're asking for more information that you need in order to. Uh, turn something that's pretty ambiguous, which you may be filling in all the blanks in your own mind and creating a big, dramatic storyline that's getting you very angry and frustrated. You, know, you want to clarify and really find out uh, by getting the information that you need so you're not just subjectively filling in those blanks.
2: Right, Yeah, which, of course, I never do that either, ever, in a million (laughs) years. (laughs) So we're going to go to the phone lines before we take a break. We have a caller who's in a new relationship. Mm -hmm. So who do we have, Eric?
0: We've got Patty on the line from Renton.
2: Hi, Marie. Hello. Hi, Hi, Patty. Hi, very interesting. I've been taking notes on what you've been saying, so that's really good. Um, Marie, I'm in a brand-new relationship one month. And I just wonder
5: if you see it going anywhere good.
2: Okay, well, I'll, I'll be happy to give my uh, impression. So one month, um, Dr. Geddes, do you have clues or, you know, hints when people are moving into a brand new relationship? Like some of the things to watch out for, questions to ask for, or, uh, you know, could you please give some advice on that? Because it's a brand new relationship.
4: Yeah, and they're usually very exciting and interesting. And, um, you know, it is what we call the honeymoon phase. So things should be going pretty well a month into it. I I think what you want to be uh, cognizant of is if there's anything that doesn't feel quite right to you. You know, because a lot of times um, the early part of relationship is much more about our feelings, and uh, maybe rational thinking comes a little bit later, a little bit down the road. So if there's something that just doesn't feel right in this particular phase when your feelings are dominating, uh, I I would want to try to get some clarification on what that is about, you know, if there's something about the person's values or character or anything like that. But I think, you know, this is the beginning of something where you, if it does feel right and if it starts to... uh, continue in length then you're talking about really uh, making an emotional commitment to this person and and that's a very very important step and it should just uh, feel right and you know i I know Marie that you're wonderful with these uh, questions having to do with feelings and intuition mm. so maybe you can take it from here
2: okay uh, well Patty um I know you're ready for a relationship so that part's great I mean you... oh yes yeah. You really are. You know, so we know that as you're, you know, choosing, you know, who you may want to have in your life long term, you you just feel to me like you're just ripe. It's like perfect timing for you. You're healthy, ready for it, excited because you were even happy before you started to um, get serious about dating, which I think is also an important component in a relationship. Um, what I keep hearing in my head is that you need to ask more questions of this person. And, and it's kind of like I, I hate to take away all the fun. You oh, know? that's okay. Yeah, but, you know, maybe formulate some questions that, because I, I actually think instead of thinking about, wow, this person is going to be the the person for me for the rest of my life, which I'm not saying you think that, but um, I think sometimes people do that. They get in a relationship and they just, you know, they're like kind of locked in on some kind of interesting feeling level when you don't know this person, not really. Um, no. And it takes months. It really, I don't oh, think yeah. we ever really know someone fully because I think we're, as individuals learning to know ourselves fully as well. It's it's a life process. But I do think it would be kind of fun, like a little bit of banter of questions, um, so you can have both of your uh, perceptions on key things that are important to you, just to see where this person stands.
5: Oh, yeah. And we've been kind of doing that anyway. We're both kind of taking it slow. And we're both lost our spouses. And so we're, you know, we're being careful on that, but we, talk about every subject under the sun and the moon
4: for two or three hours a day. Perfect. So, Perfect. Really?
2: Yeah. Perfect. That sounds lovely. And I love that you're taking it slow. So I can't really, you know, when I look at the relationship, I, I don't get a definitive answer about, oh, this is the one or not. But oh, what, yeah, I know. But what I do know for sure is you're ready. And I think that's more important than if you're ready, then you're going to meet the right person. And yeah. you'll have a relationship, <laughs> so yeah, they, they
5: kind of go hand in hand, don't they? I think
2: so. I, do you think that's true, Alan, that when I do. when I people do. are ready yeah. that it happens?:
4: Yeah, you know, even with uh, life in general, they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way you know that as you're talking about now, that readiness level is, is uh, something that sort of is a prerequisite, a, a con- precondition for it to happen.
2: Wow. That's, well, congratulations. I hope that you guys have a great Valentine's Day.
4: Oh, I hope so, too. Thank you. <laughs> You're okay. welcome. Bye.
2: We're going to take a break here on the Remania Cherry Show. I'm interviewing one of my favorite guests because, Dr. Geddes, you always make me feel calm. I don't know if you know this or not, but you do. And we have never met. We've only met, you know, via Facebook and, of course, on the air. So I know that you are an incredible therapist. I'm thrilled always to have you on the air. And we'll be right back. Thank you.
6: You made it. It's 2012 and the earth didn't collapse into nothingness. So what are your plans? You could go on as you have, or you could take advantage of these expanding times and learn how to ride the wave of happiness right here, right now. Riding the wave of happiness is a two-hour class that will be taught quarterly this year, Thursday evenings at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. Come join in on the fun. Upcoming dates include March 15th and May 17th. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671.
0: For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Shift your morning into overdrive with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on Alternative Talk 1150.
6: Caffeinate your consciousness 6 a.m. weekdays with hot talk and great guests as you get your day underway with Mance and Mitchell, the most unusual radio show in western Washington.
0: Presets adore us, snooze buttons fear us.
6: On Friday, Reverend Rhea Sunshine brings her intuitive gifts and passion for living, and she's ready for your calls.
0: Nowadays, you can go to just about any astrology website, type in your birth information, and download your chart. That's great, but how many of us know how to read it? Christopher Renstrom has created a course targeted for the person who's interested in astrology, but whose eyes glaze over whenever things start to get too technical and wordy. Join Christopher at his Beginning Astrology Weekend Workshop, February 25th and 26th at the Courtyard on Lake Union. This class is perfect for those interested in learning about astrology, or perhaps even in becoming astrologers themselves one day. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671.
2: Write it down, shout it loud. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, wasn't that fun? And welcome back to the Marie Man Cherry Show. We're live here. It's Thursday, and uh, we're talking with one of my favorite guests, Dr. Alan Geddes, who lives in New Jersey. He's a therapist. He's also the author of numerous books. We're talking about The Happiness Solution, and it's all part of the dance, but there are other books, too. Aren't there, Dr. Geddes?
4: Uh, yeah, I've written five, and I'm working on one that I hope will be out around November.
2: Can you give us a little sneak peek about this one that's coming out? The
4: new one? Yeah. Um, well, the tentative working title yeah. is called The Barn Burned Down, Now I Can See the Moon.
2: Oh, my God. I love yeah. it.
4: <laughs> oh, my yeah.
2: gosh. I love it.
4: And it, it's really a, a book that's going to celebrate resiliency and help people cultivate um something resembling peace of mind.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, oh, I can't wait to get it, which, of course, I know I will, and then we can talk about that book when and it comes you have out. have a book coming out. I do, I do. Yeah, it's already available for pre-sale on Amazon.com, but it will be officially on shelves uh, on March 1st, so I'm very excited about that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Can't wait to read it. Yeah, I will send you a copy, of course. Uh, so, I would love for you to read it, and tell me what you honestly think about it, because, you know, I've had... Family, friends, my publisher and editors read my book, mm-hmm. but not other people. You know, <laughs> so uh-huh. so it makes me a little nervous. Like, oh, what is everyone else going to think about yeah. it? Who's not maybe, you know, uh, doesn't have a connection to it, like a friend or sure. isn't working for the book right now. So yes, like
4: giving birth, isn't it? It really
2: is like giving birth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think I would be this kind of nervous about it. So I'm excited, of course, but also kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I'm I'm curious what your thoughts will be on the book when it comes out on the shelves or when I send you one in the mail. I, I was also really loving um, this section in the book on page 100 of It's All Part of the Dance. And you you talk to this um, Quaker teacher. My whole family, we were Quakers when I was really young because both of my parents protested vigilantly against the Vietnam War. And so when my parents divorced, my mother became a Quaker so that, uh, you know, we do believe in the philosophy, but mostly so that my brothers wouldn't, if there was a draft, they wouldn't have to go. <laughs> they wouldn't have to be enlisted. Um, so I've heard a lot of beautiful Quaker um, language and teachings. But in this particular quote, it says, who am I inevitably leads to a deeper one. Whose am I? So the thing about relationships, about how we connect to people is, also an aspect of our identification.
4: Definitely. You know, it, I think the rest of that story talks about how you, uh, you're you not really a person just by yourself. You know, it, so that's why the question, uh, it transcends who am I and it becomes whose am I mm. because that's a bigger question. It extends that question from the little self-absorbed self. Uh, you know, who needs me? you're now wondering, you're you're thinking about the responsibility that comes with these questions, you know, whom am I accountable? We're talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. Whose lives are altered uh, by my choices? And uh, you, you, there's such a feeling uh, of being, your life being bound up in such obvious and such um, nuanced ways with others that that really becomes the more legitimate and bigger question, whose am I? Mm. So you know, the idea is that our actions have consequences and we need to be responsible and we need to be responsible in our lives and in our relationships. You know, if we avoid our responsibilities or don't handle them well or take them seriously, they there will be definite consequences and we can't really avoid the—we can avoid responsibility, but we can't avoid the the uh, consequences mm-hmm. and uh, the responsibility that comes with avoiding our mm-hmm. responsibility. So I think that part of that story has to do with um, the idea of, of what is known as a Pyrrhic victory, mm. a- and that had to do with the— uh, There was a war, like in I think a few hundred years before Christ, in which the army won the war, but at such a great cost that the uh, presiding general said something to the effect that, you know, if if we uh, continue to win like this we lose you know mm-hmm. everybody loses because there was such a price and that's sometimes happens in relationships maybe we win the the argument but it's like a pyrrhic victory in the sense that the consequences of winning uh, are enormous you know and devastating to the relationship so i ask couples when i do see them you know is it that important to win i mean would you rather be right or would you rather be happy mm. you know that that becomes the question you know how do, how do you pick and choose your battle so to speak uh, rather than to just uh, fight it out to the point where the the losses the loss of self-esteem the loss of respect are going to be so enormous that they're going to erode the relationship
2: mm-hmm and so in that analogy of the war and then partnership, do you think that, that it's the awareness that allows a person to take those steps back and, and not have to go, you know, for the for the juggler in order to feel empowered in some, you know, yeah, unanthetic yeah, way?
4: Uh-huh. I, I do think it it is very much the awareness, you know, because if we're just in it to be the last man standing, so to speak, uh, that's going to be not good for anybody but if we develop the awareness and uh, feel the commitment and responsibility to have the most healthy relationship that we can then we're going to become aware of the need to step back instead of uh, being the last man standing we want to be the first man breathing taking deep breaths the first man counting you know the first man pausing the first man changing lenses from the zoom lens to the wide angle lens to get the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. all born out of that kind of awareness
3: and consciousness mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm.
4: to uh, you know, change the status quo and, and develop new ways of responding to the relationship, healthier ways.
2: And how do you think, you know, in the big dating world, since we're getting close to that Valentine's Day, yeah. what is the best way for someone to identify if their partner or someone that they're considering to be a partner is aware? How do you, I mean, do you have like a, a method or a model or particular questions, or is it an inner knowing that someone has when they feel that that person is, is also aware?
4: Yeah. Well, I, I think it'll become somewhat apparent as they experience a wider birth of situations with the person. You know, like when you're, you're first dating and you're just meeting in restaurants or um, going to the movies or having a sexual relationship, you know, that's one thing. But as you begin to share time and space over a wide range of situations in which, you know, there are challenges and, and you're dealing with families and you're dealing with uh, illnesses and so on, you, you get a better sense of the uh, spectrum of the person's responses. So you can begin to assess how this person is, whether the person is supportive for you in all situations or is more of a fair weather partner, uh, whether the person, mm-hmm. you know, scoping techniques are such that uh, the person is going to be able to communicate with you about everything rather than to act out in certain ways that are destructive to either that person or, or you or anything. So I think, you know, part of what you want to do is to, for you to be aware of what you're getting uh, over time. And also, if, if you're not sure to ask that person, have they really heard you? You know, do they know what you're going through? Do they know what you're feeling in a situation? Because a lot of times we think that we're communicating and it's really an illusion because, you know, the messages that we're trying to send are not even being received.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: So people, people, uh, you know, can very much distort messages based on their histories and so on. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're not sure that a person's really tuned in and getting what you want them to get or that you're not getting your needs met well, then you have to, to ask and, and uh, find out if the person is really really getting your messages and understands what you, you're saying and feeling and needing.
2: Hmm. Uh, that was very helpful, by the way. I thought that was very interesting and helpful. What about what I encounter a lot, and of course I experience personally myself, is where you're in a relationship for a really long time and then it finally dawns on you that perhaps that person isn't as aware as you thought. Do you think that's because everything's been going along fine and there wasn't really a lot of difficulty or people just get so busy in life, you know, working and raising children and creating a home that they, they kind of aren't checking in on something that's so important?
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think uh, all of those are applicable. You know, life is such a mixed bag and there are so many things that come with the uh, territory and, you know, it's not always going to be sunny, and we're not always going to be wealthy, and we can't always live in Disney World or have those. <laughs> Why not? <kind> of, well, <laughs> it would be nice, but, you know, conditions are just not going to be like that. Right. So, uh, I think, yeah, we do get distracted, and we do, uh, you know, get caught up in so many situations that maybe we don't notice the uh, the feeling tone of the relationship or, you know, what the person is all about, maybe we were a little bit off. So I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Mm. But um, and whenever... So, oh, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. I was okay. going to say,
2: so what do you recommend for a couple that's having that, you know, having that moment of time where they're both maybe feeling that the other person isn't aware enough for them or isn't aware of their needs?
4: Yeah, I think that has to be communicated without diminishing the person. Mm. So if, if you want to communicate that... Uh, You don't want to say it in a way that's going to get that person into a defensive posture. You know, so you might want to say, you know, I've been thinking about us, and I think it would feel, you know, much better if um, we were more in tune with this part of our lives because this part of our lives presents different issues to us at other parts in our lives and i was wondering you know what do you mm. think about that and you know do you feel tuned into me and you know to to address it in such a way so you're you're trying to make it into more like us and less about you're a jerk
2: <laughs> right which is what we tend to do yeah and and then we're like in that place of of not respecting our partner right, right. and then and yikes
4: right if you're if, if you're feeling disrespected or You're feeling controlled or manipulated or like you're not important in a relationship because you should feel like, you know, you're you're really at the top of the list. (laughs) Right. This is a person that you, out of everybody in the whole world, that you and and this person are now connected in that kind of a way where you've committed to each other. I mean, my gosh, you know, you you really want that to um, reflect Mm -hmm. that you are important. And that you do matter. You're not second fiddle. Right. So I think, you know, that's what you want to get at. And um, talking to each other in ways in which you show the respect and you're not diminishing the other person. And you're addressing the issues. You're not sugarcoating them and you're, you're not sweeping them under the rug. Mm. You're actually addressing them.
2: Mm. Um, which kind of leads me to a part of the book I was reading today that I love in, it's all part of the dance on um, page 94, and 95, the magic bullet. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know, Zen student who approaches his Zen master and, and asks to be set free. And, yeah. and then the master tells him that, you know, well, what, you're not really in bondage. And, and yeah. so we tend to put ourselves in bondage.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, all the time. Hmm. And, um.
2: And then we're always waiting for, like, the magic bullet, the miracle, yeah. the guru.
4: Yeah, yeah, the, the guru, the magic bullet, the magic this or that, you know, whatever it is that's going to do it. Uh, that's why we're, we're so enthralled with commercials on TV, because they're always suggesting that if you do this, you know, you're going to feel wonderful. So, and uh, we're feeling like something's wrong with our lives, so we're always looking for the magic something. But a lot of times... Uh, you know, our our practice, like I might sit in, in Zen practice and meditation, or I might have a practice at the office, a private practice of psychology, but my real practice is life.
3: Hmm.
4: You know, wow. the, the old story of the teacher on the mountaintop for nine years, and he's in bliss, and he comes down into the marketplace, somebody steps on his toe, and he punches him in the mouth. <laughs> you know, so that that's, uh, you're not going to get the answers necessarily from the places you think, but, you know, to really uh, look inside and to trust yourself and to take responsibility and uh, make a commitment to the people who are important to you, to the, that, you know, to that to the projects, to the pursuits that matter to you, and to do that in a very uh, committed way in which you're, you're feeling bound emotionally to something. I think that's more the answer,
3: hmm. you
4: know, to, to live our lives well. And, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily going to come from looking outside of ourselves. We're not going to find it in the mall. You know, are
2: you think... sure i'm I'm positive it's in the mall? <laughs> in fact, I go there frequently and I find things that temporarily bring some bliss to my life yes, but, yes. but I love that analogy about you know-'cause you know there's people who do a lot of meditation right and and yes. the, and then they think for whatever reason because they can move into this meditative state that they're perhaps. More aware can maintain some form of uh, long sense of awareness, but the slightest thing can trigger them. You know, if they're exactly. not in meditation,
3: exactly. Yeah.
2: And, and so, part of this, I guess, is like taking what you really believe, what you really be believe to be true, and your true awareness to every aspect of your life, even if someone steps on your toe.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the uh, in going back to the Zen center, when you go there to meditate, you're you're on your cushion, and you sit <laughs> on your cushion for forty minutes and. Then you pack your cushion up, uh, you put it in a rack or something, and you leave. But after you become steeped in this process and committed to it, the hope is that when you leave the meditation hall, it's as if that cushion is sticking to your rear end. <laughs> you know, so now wherever you go and whatever you, got the you
1: cushion. do, yeah,
4: whoever you're meeting, I mean, you're, you're responding from that point. That's your practice. Wow.
2: Right? Wow, wow. Okay, well, I'm going to be thinking a lot about my cushion. We're going to take a break here on The re Show. I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Alan Geddes. He's a psychotherapist who lives in New Jersey. He's also the author of five books, two of them. I have right in front of me, The Happiness Solution, and it's all part of the dance. And Eric, when uh, people can call in, too, and ask questions of Dr. Geddes.
0: Sure, give us a call. We've got a few lines open at 425-373-5527. That's 425 425-373- 373 5527. And I'll give you our toll free number right after this break. Stay tuned.
6: Become a Reiki master the weekend of March 2nd through March 4th at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. Steve, a former participant, describes the workshop as deeply moving and profoundly powerful as participants become internally connected to a sacred lineage. The Reiki modality has provided me with a beautiful channel with which to focus my healing energies. I highly recommend it. Thank you, Marie. Take this opportunity to fulfill your dreams of becoming your very own certified Reiki master. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425-825-5671 or visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, for more details.
0: Nowadays, you can go to just about any astrology website, type in your birth information, and download your chart. That's great, but how many of us know how to read it? Christopher Renstrom has created a course targeted for the person who's interested in astrology, but whose eyes glaze over whenever things start to get too technical and wordy. Join Christopher at his Beginning Astrology Weekend Workshop, February 25th and 26th at the Courtyard on Lake Union. This class is perfect for those interested in learning about astrology, or perhaps even in becoming astrologers themselves one day. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath Dr. Sheila dunn to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health, and hormones. The DVD series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671.
1: Are you new to the fields of energy medicine, Reiki, or subtle energy therapies? Are you looking for a mentor or for insight and guidance into your health or destiny, or for connecting with a loved one on the other side? Travis Taylor is described by other healers as a soul whisperer who nourishes the spirit and enlightens the being. As an empath, energy intuitive, and clairvoyant medium, he offers individual sessions, classes, workshops, and mentoring programs that will improve your health and well-being, expand your consciousness, and cultivate your soul. For more information about Travis, and his upcoming events, please visit empathichealing.com. That's empathichealing.com. Be well.
2: 1150kknw.com. Your
1: connection to Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m.
2: And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. On Thursdays, I interview amazing and wonderful people. And today I'm interviewing one of my favorite guests, Dr. Alan Geddes. He is a psychotherapist in New Jersey. Thank you, Alan, for being on the show.
4: My pleasure.
2: And I loved your analogy before we went to break. I mean, I'm really going to be thinking about my Zen um, pillow, which mm-hmm. kind of goes great because um, my publishers are Buddhist uh, pretty much. And they, they have published a lot of information on Buddhism. So I'm going to be thinking about my Zen pillow. Um, I'm not a Buddhist or uh, practicing really of anything. I'm kind of a hodgepodge as spiritualist, if you will. Um, But I I think that's a really great metaphor. Like it's like a reminder. Am I coming from a place of, of openness, clarity, awareness, or am I coming from judgment? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, really great, really lovely. Um Eric, we're going to go to the phone lines and you wanted to, hand, to uh repeat that one. Yeah, number, I want to give too. out that the mm-hmm. toll-free
0: number. It's 877-825-8828 again 877-825-8828. So, uh, feel free to give us a call on that line as well. And right now we've got Emmy from New Jersey. Same as our guest today. I
2: know. Hey, Emmy, you can go have coffee with Dr. Geddes. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dr. Geddes.
4: Uh, Hi, Emmy.
5: Hi, Alan. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you?
5: Oh, I'm well, thank you. I've enjoyed listening to the conversation and... And so appreciate uh, you being a, a an RN and in the uh, field of energy work. It's I wish there were more, and there are probably going to be many more coming down the road. I, but thank you so much for your work.
2: You're welcome, and I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of people in conventional medicine waking up to the energetic phase of things. So, what ca- do you have a question?
5: I actually do. Um, uh, it, 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 it has to do with, uh, with having um, more faith in trying something new professionally mm. and being more self-sustainable. Mm. Um, I've had different businesses before, but this is something where it really is a very insular, very um, self-sustainable business where I'm not relying on others to uh, generate the business. It's really me and my own store online and having the faith, not having the fear step in the way, and all that kind of thing. Um, it's maybe not a physical situation, that I'm, but it's really, a, you know, the finding the flow and finding the faith. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Dr. Geddes, do you have some advice for Emmy?
4: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, fear is the great inhibitor of action. It immobilizes us, and... Um, It sort of hijacks our passion, you know, if if the fear is strong enough so it prevents us from following through in a passionate way. So I I think, you know, we don't want to let fear dictate and be the decision maker. It's okay to be afraid, uh, especially when we're starting new ventures and there are some risks involved. It's normal. It's natural to, to feel the fear. But we want to make sure that that fear doesn't become the decision maker, mm. because what fear tends to do is shrink our world. You know fear wants us to get back to safety, so uh, the, the more that we can narrow our scope, uh, the safer it becomes. So I think you know you want to be patient with yourself and accept the fact that you feel frightened, but also to remind yourself that you can proceed, certainly in a very, very uh, definitive way, despite feeling afraid. Mm. And I think it was John Wayne, way back in the cowboy days, (laughs) who who said fear is, uh, you know, saddling up even when you're uh, uh, frightened. You know, that's what courage is about. So I think if you came up with this business, it must be important to you, Mm. and you want to give it a fair chance. And if you didn't, you'd probably always have your doubts and always have your regrets. I should have, I should have given it a try. I should have, you know, really... Been way too
5: many years saying I should have. This is yeah. been knocking on my door for years. Yeah,
4: yeah. You know, that's the thing. We always let the past kind of imprison us and mm-hmm. we always let the future frighten us. And both of those take away from today. You know, so today is the day. I mean, we want to we want to make sure that yesterday or tomorrow is not taking up too much of today for us. Right. So if we, if we get trapped in the fear, if we get stuck there, uh, that's going to be a, a, something that doesn't work for us. If we just notice the fear and we feel it, we accept it, and then we make the decision to do what we need to do, I, I think that's going to be a good course of action for you.
2: I think that Thank sounds you. perfect. I, mm-hmm. I, I do. And I, I think this is true for Dr. Geddes as well. But I think what brings success is just having great pleasure and gratitude for being able to do whatever you do in the world. Yeah. It, it, at least that's how it's worked for me. The more grateful I get about what I do the more success um, seems to move in my direction. Which Not is,
5: looking at the money, looking absolutely. at, at like the, the the joy that you get with the creation process and having women be happy with what you're giving them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. And then comes. the money falls mm. because it's, you know, when you're in a place of joy about what you do, that's that's very abundant. And mm. and I would even feel the the joy of resources before they all before the ones that you really want come you know cuz that's that sense of gratitude attracts more resources into one's life as well. Mm. So when I had three kids in college, you know, for a little while and my ex-husband and I we share, I'm very grateful that um you when know, we come together and and do all these lovely things for our kids and and I was a little bit nervous about oh my god, I'm going to have three kids in college, you know, and we pay for, you know, everything, cell phones, insurance, you know, tuition, all of that. And um and I would I would just feel gratitude that I was Able to be in a place where I could contribute to something that I feel honored to contribute to, mm. and then the money came w- w- without even trying to figure it out or analyze yeah. it. It just came.
4: Yeah. Mm.
2: Mm. So, do you think it, that's it, true, Doctor Geddes? I but- do,
4: I do. And uh, you know, the the other thing I would say uh, to you, to you Emmy, is uh, you know the expression I like to use a lot is, is try to exchange worry for trust. Wow. Mm. Yeah, and I think if you catch yourself worrying, and you just say to yourself, oh, "There I go again, getting stuck in that and caught up in it," and you say, you remind yourself to exchange that worry for trust, uh, that will be helpful.
2: Oh my gosh! Thank you. That that has to be on every billboard.
4: That it, releases yeah. a lot. You know, it does release.
5: There's no yes.
2: That's Trust, beautiful. really good. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you, Emmy. Have a beautiful day in New Jersey. Thank
5: you so much. Okay, bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. So we're going to go back to the phone lines. Who do we have? Sure. Let's talk to
0: Sandy calling from Arizona.
2: Nice. Hi, Sandy.
4: Hello. Marie. Hi, Sandy. Thank you for taking my call and Dr. Geddes. I'm so go excited ahead. to like be present with you.
2: Okay. So how hot is it where you are right now?
4: Oh, it's probably about the same as, as it is in Seattle. Because I'm up in Sedona.
2: Ah, <laughs> okay. And Dr. Geddes, have you been to Sedona before? Never. Oh, it's really quite beautiful. I love the drive from Flagstaff into the the valley there. It's just stunning. It's There's a creek that wraps around and, and beautiful, what look like aspen trees to me. I don't know exactly what they are, but it's just beautiful mm. there.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah. So, Sandy, you have a question. <laughs>
4: Uh, yes, my question is: Men,
5: <laughs> how do
3: I
4: move into a place of faith and trust with men? And Marie, I can only just imagine what's going on in your mind's eye. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Doctor Geddes, um, your, you know, beautiful uh, words, please.
4: Well, I, I think um, it's a common feeling, uh, and and. You know, men say women. (laughs) They seem to be two different species. Um, I I don't know. I know that it's a big challenge. You know, we we look at uh, relationships and divorce rates and so many people unhappy. So it is a challenge. So I'm not surprised that you feel puzzled by this. But, um, you know, I I think um, men are fixers. They like to address things in a cut-and-dry way, and you know, this is a rash generalization, of course, and, and women are a little bit more built for emotional response and communication and talking about things, and sometimes it's not a great match, you know, so that uh, I, I, whether you can cultivate that in the man that you have a relationship with, if that's part of the issue, uh, yeah, I mean, it's some some relationships work out very well that way. But if you're looking to be validated and understood and be tuned into, that might be hard if the man is just coming from that place of addressing uh, something you're saying as a problem and not really how you're feeling about it. So uh, what do you think, Marie?
2: I love everything you said. I mean, you know, my point of view about men changed and it continues to evolve and change in very positive ways. Uh, when I first laid hands on men, you you know, not, of course, from a dating perspective or anything like that, but but from from a place of just connecting energy. And I was just overwhelmed joyfully about just all the love and compassion and kindness that I felt in men. I I was raised, my mother, um, you know, I think some women in their 60s who were part of that divorce cycle kind of early on and American history, where more and more people got divorced, and so she was really mad at my dad. she still is, and my dad's dead, and my mother's still mad at him. And so I had kind of you know I had apprehension about relationships with men and and not a, an ease or a flow with them. Um but so f- feeling them differently from a different perspective of just pure relationship, um it it changed my whole um take on men. And maybe that's what you're working on, Sandy, is to you know, not categorize them in whatever ways you have previously, but to realize they're they're just as insecure as we are, which I found shocking, because that's not how always men, you know, at least uh, create a visualization of who they are. And, and they're just as lovely and wonderful and kind as all the creatures on the planet. So it might be kind of fun to look at them that way.
4: I think that will open up my eyes to different things.
2: Good. Good.
5: Good. Okay. Well, th- that's excellent. Blessings to both of you. Thank you so much for
4: spending time with me today. Yes. Oh, you're welcome.
2: Fun. In Arizona. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's gorgeous there. <laughs> Lovely. All
4: right. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.
2: So, Doctor Geddes, do you think that is part of you know the circumstances we view you know whether we're even attracted to same sex people, but we have some idea about how a person is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we have this kind of misconception about how people really are, because people really, it, you know, when you look at the core of it, we're very similar in many ways.
4: Well, I, I, I always try to keep that in mind and, and remind myself and remind other people that we're more alike than different. You know, when we all have the same needs. I mean, we all need to be connected. We all need to be long, uh, to, to be loved. to get our, our needs met, and they're all very similar. And I think, um, you know, that in and of itself makes us more similar than different.
2: Mm, right, that we all have needs and desires, yes, yes. and we're all just trying to find the best way with through the people who are perfect for us, whatever that means, yeah, yeah. Um, to have that fulfilled and resolved.
4: Definitely, definitely.
2: So I loved what you said, exchange worry for trust.
4: Yes. You know, we are built to worry, and uh, maybe next time on the show, if uh, you're kind enough to have me back. Oh,
2: you can... know I will, absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
4: well, we can talk about that, because that's really based on an evolutionary perspective mm. that we are built to survive, and part of that survival uh, includes our being very vigilant of our surroundings and worrying.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day in New Jersey. Of well, course, you. you're welcome. I will have you on the show again. You're one of my favorite guests. Oh, thank
4: you. You're welcome. I appreciate
2: that. And, oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Good, good
4: luck with the, uh, the new book. Thank and- you.
2: I'll call you if I have any questions since you already are a multi-published author. I'll give you a call if I get stuck or in a jam terrific okay thank you bye 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 and thank you everyone for listening to the show if you've already purchased um, a pre-sale book of intuitive self-healing thank you so much if not I hope that you consider purchasing the book on amazon.com or sounds true have a beautiful day until next week bye bye